Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another new edition of Live from Pawnee. I'm Alan, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Mark. Mark, how are you on this terrific day, Mark? Hey, Alan, I'm doing great, buddy. You know, we're well into December at this point, and we're... uh, we're approaching Christmas, and I feel like I'm just starting to get into the holiday spirit. How about you? Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, I, I think by the time we air this, we're going to be only a couple of days away from Christmas. So I hope you get mm. your Christmas spirit quickly because you're going to need it. Mm. Yeah. Well, they sell that bottled now. I'm yeah. Yeah. I got yeah. mine on Amazon. Yeah. it's uh, The package is delayed, though, apparently. So <laughs> we're in trouble. Well, you know, Christmas uh, spirit all throughout the year, you know, get yeah. in a six pack, whatever you need. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that's true. We're, we're watching our Christmas movies now and we just watched Elf. You know, it's on our, oh, made our permanent list yeah, a few yeah, years yeah. back, of course. And uh, yeah, we, we're, we're enjoying that. We always enjoy that this time of year. Now, are you guys a fan of a Christmas story? Oh, of course. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I shoot your eye out. Yeah. 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 You will shoot your eye out. Yep. So <laughs> a plus, 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 plus. <laughs> Love it. Well, Mark, today we're here to talk about season four, episode one, if you can believe it. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. We're here. We're I know. Here. We are. And I figured out you just add up all the episodes total. By the time we finish season four, we're halfway through the show. So, wow. Yeah. So uh, there's a lot still here in the back half, if you will. And uh, let's get get started with it. Agreed. All right. Agreed. Well, season four, episode one is titled I'm Leslie Nope. It first aired on September 22nd of 2011. This episode was directed by Troy Miller. Uh, you know, he's he's also a director, producer, Flight of the Concords, Arrested Development, Jack oh, yeah. Frost, Parks, of course. It's been a while since we talked about Troy, but this is the sixth of his seven total episodes. Mm. Yeah. So and then was written by our buddy Dan Gore. Oh, yeah. I, can't. I call him my buddy. He his lawyers have said I'm not allowed to say that. But I, that's why this time I said our buddy. Oh, maybe I can get away with that. Yeah, that's a technicality. Lawyers love those. They do. Yes. <laughs> we'll see if it stands up in the court. Yeah. Well, Mark, I think that about does it for the intro. You want to get into our synopses? Do I ever. And I have some synopses for you, good Sir Allen, another round table there. I'm curious what you did today. Yeah. All right. So the so so now <laughs> no, what we're right. gonna do is we're gonna see what I did here. All yeah. right. So that th- pause always concerns me. Yeah. Yeah. There it is again. Yeah. So this was a little difficult because there is a lot of storylines and they were, I mean, in a good sense, they were intertwined pretty well, but that makes them kind of tough to pull apart sometimes. Yeah. So, so here's what I happened in Loki too, you know, Mm. they kept splintering things there. Don't, don't make me mad. (laughs) Time travel. So anyway, so I had a, 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 B and a C story and uh, I had my A story entitled as running both for office and away from your problems. Mm. So when we left the season three finale in Little Sebastian's memorial service, we found out later that night two things happened. First, Leslie tells Anne she was approached by political scouts to run for office. And she said, yes, actually, she said absolutely. Absolutely. Um, But she's very conflicted due to her relationship with Ben, which which could cause a scandal. Right. And she knows she needs to break up with them. And it's just very, very stressful. Second, upon learning that his first ex-wife, Tammy, who we will heretofore refer to as Tammy One, has arrived in town. Ron grabs an emergency survival bag and flees to live in the wilderness. So now cut to three weeks later. Ron is still MIA. Leslie still hasn't broken up with Ben. Uh, Leslie does some damage control for a different scandal. More in a minute. During a televised interview with Perd Happily. And she does so well that the political scouts 
uh, which I think you refer to as the Barnes and Associates or maybe the Politicos. Yeah, the Politicos, yeah. The Politicos there decide to capitalize on the momentum of the Pert Hapley interview and have her announce her candidacy that coming Friday instead of three months later. This causes Leslie to go into a panic about Ben. What will happen? Does Leslie announce her candidacy on Friday? Will Ron ever return from his remote cabin in the woods? Can Leslie manage to break up with Ben? Whatever happened to Tammy one? Stay tuned to find out dot dot dot. Nice. So, so far you've described my A and my B story. So I'm curious. Keep going. Yeah, it's a little, a little combiney there. Yeah. All right. So I have um, the B story is entitled harassment of women. And. And, and Jerry. And Jerry. <laughs> so, three weeks after the season three finale, a penis is emailed to all female employees. My God. And and Jerry. Chris and Ben investigate while Leslie does media damage control with Pert Happily. Anne informs Chris the genitals in the email show symptoms of mumps. Proud of Anne's diagnosing abilities, Chris announces Anne's discovery to everyone Dot, dot, dot. Causing the male employees to fill Anne's inbox with pictures of their junk. Uh, Afraid they caught the mumps as well. How will this turn out? Do Chris and Ben find out who sent the initial penis email? How does Anne deal with the relentless penis onslaught? Will there be a mumps outbreak at City Hall? Stick around. All will be revealed. Dot, dot, dot. Very nice. All right. So my C story I just had entitled... Andy's dreams. Because in the, if you remember in the season three finale, I had one of the sub stories entitled Tommy's dreams. So yeah. I was kind of keeping on. A yeah, theme no, there. I like it. It's yeah. on point. Too. Good. Yeah. yeah. So <clears throat> despite resigning from his position in the parks department three weeks ago, we see Tom visit the gang multiple times with lots of promotional material and swag from his new job at Entertainment 720. Tom ends up offering Andy a job, which causes Andy to have some rare moments of introspection, wondering if working for Tom would be a good move. And in a more general sense, if there's something more out there for him beyond shoe shining, what will happen? Does Andy accept Tom's job offer? What advice does April give Andy? Can Tom's Entertainment 720 magnet truly wipe out the debt on Andy's credit card? <laughs> Hang in there, podcast viewers. Only time will tell. Dot, dot, dot. Very nice. Yeah. All right. I like it. I like the way you did it. This, and it, it was, works. It was kind of tough because, you know, you, you think you got you got Ron versus Tammy one. Yeah. Leslie versus politics. Yeah. Leslie versus Ben. Yeah. And versus penises. Yep. <laughs> and, and Andy slash Tom ish. So there could have been yeah. five. So I just yeah. kind of meh. Tom versus swagger. I mean, oh, there, yeah, there's yeah. a lot going on here in this episode. There certainly is. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll talk about that. All right. All right. Well, very nice job on the synopsis. Yep. And uh, I think we should get into the episode breakdown with no further ado. And if, as I understand it, Mark, today, you, you, because we have kind of an interesting recap and a cold open, you're going to cover both I, I am but there is a bit of a do that we have to to a do before that which is the akas oh, dang it all right fine let's do them look i'm i'm here to just look pretty you're the brains of the outfit we all know that if, if that is true we are in so much trouble oh I yeah can't even begin yeah i don't even know why we're yeah, here no. yeah so i had one aka yeah and i could have picked five i i had two you had two all right yeah well my one is um 
And I wanted to have seven, but I did too. <laughs> well, my one is um, from my, my, my man crush, Ron Swanson. Yeah. And apparently at one point he is uh, relaying an anecdote to Leslie from his childhood. And, ah, and, okay. and at some point during this anecdote, it becomes clear that there may have been something that caused Ron to have um, less than the normal amount of toes. And Leslie <laughs> tries to confirm this. Like, so you only have like, you only have nine toes. <laughs> and he replies with an ultimate Zen, Ron Zen so wisdom. Uh-huh. I have the toes I have. <laughs> and then changes I the subject. That. It's so good. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Uh, what you have. Which makes me wonder, does he even have nine? Like, is there another toe incident later? I don't know. Yeah. We, we don't know. We don't know. That could explain his running gait. Well, it's true. You, he does have an interesting run. Yes, yes. Yes, yeah, that's true. Well, those are great. Um, I had two. Mine were, um, I don't even know what storylines are related to because we, again, we, we we can't even agree on that. But, yeah, no, no, no. Yeah. So the, the two AKs I picked were kind of apropos of the episode. Uh, Chris Traeger, in a very Chris Traeger way, notices how many of the emails Anne has gotten <laughs> because of, you know, when he, like you said, he bragged on her. Yeah. And of course, that, you know, the men in, the men in Pawnee are dumb. No, they're, they're the box of rocks. And yeah, they're dumb as a bag yeah. of hammers. And they all send her pictures because they're worried about the mumps there. And he says, your inbox is literally filled with penises. It's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank you. So um, I, I say it every day and I'm not sure why. But, wow. Um, and then- you Ron, need to get on another mailing list. I, I really do. Yeah. I, the listserv I unsubscribed from. I'm hoping that fixes the problem. <laughs> anyway, she, uh, Ron is describing, uh, you know, we've been waiting to meet Tammy one and we finally do. And we'll talk more about that. Yeah. But basically someone says, you know, do you want me to tell, do, should we tell her you're here? He says, no, nah, she'll find me. Yeah. She has the tracking ability and body odor of a bloodhound. Yeah. One, I would say, is a plus. The other, maybe not. <laughs> maybe not. But I love it. Yeah. That, yeah. That's pretty good. Nice. Yeah. Good yeah. job. So those are my AKAs. All right. Are we ready to ado now and move on? We are done with all the adoing and we are ready to get this done. Oh, good. Yep. I love it. Yep. Let's do that. Uh, break down us, Mark. Go that. Do that now. <laughs> All right. Well, so we have the cold open and the cold open, the way they did it is kind of interesting, Alan. First, they had a very brief um, recap scene. So we've seen it where they have black screen with white text just to convey a little bit of simple information previously on Parks and Rec. Yeah. So they reminded us what happened at the end of the season three finale. Uh, William Barnes, who and and the, his buddies, uh, who I again the politicos, yeah. we'll call them, talk with Leslie and and you know at this in the season three finale, and two important things happen that we have to remember. One is they want Leslie to run for office, and when yep. they ask her if she's interested, she absolutely is. Right? She very enthusiastically <laughs> says yes. And the second thing is when they ask her if there's any secrets in her life, anything that could cause a scandal. She glances at Ben, so very obvious to us as the audience, and then says nope implying maybe that she's going to have to break up with Ben. So yeah, the recap ends and and we cut to later that same night at city hall and we see Leslie talking with Anne around the break room area. I think it's just them. Like no one else is around. I I have officially labeled this break room and we'll always refer to it as that from now on. Nice. Because remember we've watched TV in here. There's a copier shoved in here for some reason. I guess there's another place. Coffee machine. Coffee machine. It's got to be a break room. It's a multi-purpose weirdo room. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. There you go. So we, and, and, and and Leslie tells Anne about running for office. Yay. Yay. And also that this will be bad for her and Ben. Boo. Boo. 
And all of a sudden, Adam, go back to the A's. Yay. Yeah. We all focus yeah, on that. We yeah. don't want to focus on the booze. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, a, a hurried and harried and <laughs> hairless Ron comes up uh, walking very briskly and with purpose. Yeah. And, and he's hairless because if you remember, he lit the torch at yeah. the ceremony for little Sebastian. Yeah. And Jerry. Yeah. Yeah. Jerry. Yeah. He, he filled it with lighter fluid because that's the same thing. Same thing propane. as propane. Yeah. And there may or may not have been a cataclysmic fireball that engulfed <laughs> Ron's, Ron's head. Face, yeah. Oh, my gosh. So Ron comes up and says, with me, nope, now, and just grabs the back of her chair, which is on wheels. I love and he it. starts pulling her, and she's like being yeah. pulled backwards, going, What? Way? Yeah. What? Way? Hey. And she's pulling him down the hallway with her uh, towards Andy's shoeshine stand. Yeah. And and Leslie's frantically going, What's going on? What's going on? And I was he, able to fill out more of my City Hall map because of this scene. I loved it. <laughs> You're such a nerd. Oh, I love it. <laughs> and, and Ron tells her Tammy won in his back, which, you know, it, you know, makes Leslie go. <gasps> so she clearly yeah. knows who the hell Tammy won is. Yeah. And and, and uh, she is probably going to be aware of how awful this might be. So the, the rest of this is physical comedy gold. I'm going to try to do uh. justice to it. Ron grabs one of the metal footrests from the shoeshine stand. Yep. Briskly walks purposely, down, purposefully, like he knows what he's doing. Yeah, briskly walks down the hall around the corner until he's right under a large vent. He tells Leslie, "I have accrued 228 personal days <laughs> starting right now. I'm using all of them." Takes the metal footrest with a grunt, ram, slams it into the wall under the vent, about eight, maybe 18 inches off the ground or so. Uses the footrest implanted in the wall <laughs> as a makeshift step to boost himself up to the vent. Removes the vent cover, throws it to the ground, grabs a secret bug out bag he has in there and jumps down to the ground with the bag, tells Leslie, while I'm gone, you're in charge. Godspeed and takes off down the hall with his awesome little Ron Swanson running gate as he prepares as he prepares or not. <laughs> or less. we don't know yeah. as he prepares to turn the corner. Jerry comes into view holding yeah. a plate of food and Ron slams into him. Move. And Jerry spills food all over himself. And Leslie is oh, just geez. taking this all in, like watching in yeah. horror. She can't speak. And the cold open. Love it. Oh, my God. Well, if you remember, he also mentioned in there in his little diatribe to her, which, again, she's thunderstruck. She doesn't know what to say or do. Yeah. Says, also, I keep a sizable supply of ground chuck in my desk. Oh, yeah. Remove it or it will begin to smell. <laughs> Well, of course he does. Why wouldn't he? I I don't know. I, I'm going to check on the websites and stuff, but I don't know if that's safe. It you cook it hard enough, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, it, it doesn't matter. It must be uh, salted or something to look it, preserve it, it. If you can drink like he drinks, a little bit well, of a true. little bit of aged ground chuck is not going to hurt him. No, nah, that's nah. a good point. It's yeah. going to take that bacteria right away. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Well, nice job, Mark. Well, from there, we transition over to the bullpen for the official opening of the regular episode. And inside, we finally learn what was in the Entertainment 720 business plan. And it turns out, Mark, it was pretty complicated. Yeah, are you, you're not just whistling Dixie there, which Entertainment 720 might get into whistling Dixie. Uh, it could. Did you know that? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, up to the end of the cold open, that was either a recap or taking place that night. 
Mm. Here in the next scene, we have officially shifted three weeks into the future. Yeah. We're, right? we're, yeah. We've moved forward in time. Right. So this is a very short scene. And we, we cut to City Hall. It's a bright, sunshiny morning. And we see Tom come into the bullpen to visit his old co-workers. I think visible in the bullpen are Jerry, Donna, April, and Andy yeah, yeah. At, at last from memory. Yeah, yeah. He's apparently there to do some networking and hand out some swag. Yeah. And if you remember, they established somewhat subtly the location of the Entertainment 720 or the Dreamatorium. As the Dreamatorium, that's yeah. right. It's only a few blocks from City Hall. Yeah. So it leaves you with the, you know, the potential that it's not unreasonable for Tom to show up kind of whenever he wants. Yes. And we get our first dose of that right here. We sure do. With yeah. high levels of swagger coming through. Oh, yeah. 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 Yep. Yep. Well, Mark, from there, we're over in meeting room 210, as a matter of fact. And, you know, it's three months until go time. Mm. And, you know, that means it's time to develop Leslie's political strategy. And as usual, she's come prepared or perhaps over prepared. And, and if this doesn't work out, Mark, there's always the ladies yacht club. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is funny. Yeah, Leslie is having another meeting with the politicos and they mentioned to her, as you said, Alan, they're going to start her campaign in three months. They should start talking strategy. Um, they they finish up and, and Leslie leaves the closed conference room, runs right into Ben and is instantly nervous, making Ben a little confused and suspicious. And it makes us very uh, aware that she has not told him what's going on mm -hmm. yet. And mm -hmm. I think she tries to use a ladies yacht club as a very poor excuse, you know. And I think she would have pulled it off had she not then opened the door and said, uh, you know, anchors away, ladies. And, you know, William Barnes, a man goes, you know, <laughs> what? <laughs> but Ben at this point doesn't think much of it. You wouldn't think, but I think he's he's still very perplexed. Like, yeah. hey, Leslie, I know you're crazy. This is like amping it up a little bit. What, yeah. What's going on? Yeah. Plus one. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, over in Leslie's office, just when you think the only thing you need to do today is to figure out how to break up with your boyfriend. The next thing you know, your phone is blowing up with penises. And, you know, Mark, the IT help desk will not answer the support line. Been there uh, on the IT support line. I mean, yeah. yeah. And uh Yeah. Well, and the other thing, too. So Anne is talking with Leslie in her office about Ben, how Leslie hasn't told him what's going on yet. And I wonder if she could just, you know, keep sneaking around with them, which Leslie insists that she can't. Um, Leslie is explaining her plan at this point, which seems to consist of Anne figuring it out for her when <laughs> Leslie's phone starts chiming. Then she looks at her phone and she sees someone has emailed her. Dun, 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 a penis. And just then Anne's phone chimes and apparently she received the same email. Oh what is happening here? What is happening? Well, out in the bullpen, we kind of find out and whoever is sending these emails, they actually didn't technically discriminate. And apparently nearly everyone in City Hall, especially the ladies and Jerry, have gotten a copy of this picture. And, uh, you know, Mark, this gives new definition to the term junk mail. It sure does. We need a filter for that desperately stat. Um, so, yeah, Leslie and the gang are gathered around Jerry's desk looking at his computer discussing this whole <clears throat> penis email thing. Yeah. Apparently, as you said, the email was sent to every woman in the Pawnee government and, and Jerry and Jerry. Chris and Ben enter the bullpen and tell the gang that they're launching a full investigation and that they want to apologize to all the women. And, and, Jerry. and Jerry Ben notes <laughs> that they are getting uh, some media attention, some media requests about this and ask Leslie to uh, talk with Perd happily. 
Well, actually, he says, "Can and I love this because it's some balance for all this male badness." Yeah, here. yeah, yeah. Yeah, he says, "Can you do Pert Hadley?" <laughs> and Donna goes, "Oh, she can do Pert happily." <laughs> Hiya, Hiya. So, um, I love Chris too. Says, "You know, look, I want to apologize to all the women and Jerry." Yeah. If I could go back in time and cut out your eyeballs, I would. And you notice, <laughs> April, I think, actually says. Wow, that is like that actually had some material. Like, wow, that's so sweet, which seems appropriate for April. It does, yeah. Well, over at the shoe sign stand, Tom is beginning to build his Entertainment 720 Empire. And he's going to start with those that he knows best and probably can get for the cheapest, I guess. Um, And additionally, you know, Mark, if this thing doesn't work out with Entertainment 720, he can always, you know, erase your debt. I mean, your debit card. <laughs> yeah, we see Tom approach Andy at the shoe shine stand where he's performing some very important experiments. Um, and Tom sits down <laughs> while Andy shines his shoes. Um, and he says he came to City Hall really to talk to Andy specifically. And his his quote is, you're enthusiastic, you're hardworking, you can lift heavy things. I think there might be a place for you over at Entertainment 720. And it's funny because Andy doesn't even realize at this point that Entertainment 720 is Tom's company. He goes, yeah. oh, my God, Tom, what is that? <laughs> Which I think makes him a little mad. He's annoyed. Um, and Tom asks Andy if he's living his dreams. And Andy kind of pauses and says, I don't know, Tom. And Tom gives Andy his card and says, you know, if you if you change your mind, you look me up. And Andy seems a little curious about Tom's offer, but isn't really sure what he wants to do. Yeah. No, it's clearly painted a question for him. Uh, well, really, too. The first was, does he, you know, what is his dream? Right. And second of all, why can't he read Tom's business card? Because it's apparently the coolest card ever. It's black ink on a black card. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> and as we alluded to, perhaps it's also a strong magnet. Oh, yeah. So keep it out of your wallet. It yeah. will destroy your credit cards. Hmm. <laughs> destroy my credit cards. Debt, Debt and everything. everything? <laughs> He's shrewd. I love Andy. Well, over at the city manager's office, the hunt for the wiener is on. And the only thing that's missing, I think, is a corporate sponsor here, Mark. May may I suggest Oscar Mayer? No. So Chris (laughs) is in his office finishing a phone conversation with the mayor regarding Operation Wiener Find, uh, the penis email situation there. And and Ann walks in to talk to Chris. And apparently, upon further inspection, Ann thinks the testicles look enlarged and believe something Mm. is wrong with them, possibly a hernia or the mumps. And Chris is very impressed with Ann's diagnosing abilities. Well, yeah. And he thinks they look like something too. He he thinks they look like the ears of the genital system. Oh my. (laughs) Ann's like, okay. He might've been thinking about this a little too much. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I do like how at the end of this scene, Chris uh, is obviously very impressed with Ann, and he says, Ann Perkins, you really know your testes. And (laughs) Ann says, thank you. Yeah. She's not quite sure how to take that. (laughs) Well, Mark, following that over at the government center building, too, um, every aspiring politician needs a great soundbite to define their candidacy and set them aside from the crowd. Is there is it really the Pawnee Government Center building too? They're standing outside, and if you look at the little plaque on the left behind Leslie, there, yeah, it is. See, I tried to use all the the fancy equipment here at LFP Worldwide Headquarters. Yeah, I got better equipment. 
say I taught, damn it. I knew you probably did. All right. I need to recognize you know, some other stuff. If you remember what's interesting about this building, and I know our viewers love it when we go into talking about architecture and the building use plan, uh, they, they, they ask for more of that every week. Mark. The emails in my inbox, apart from penises. Yeah. That, that's all. That's number two. With. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is the building where Tammy too has her office, the, the library office. Get out of here. No. Yeah. So we've been in this building before. Now I just think that you're screwing with yeah, me. Yeah, well, go back and check the tape. Is it really? It no, is. Dude, yeah. you're talented. All right. I didn't notice that. Anyway, so yeah, we see an outside shot of Leslie talking to Pert Happily on camera. Uh, and you know what? This is this is so good. Let's let's have Constantine play this clip. I think that's an excellent idea. For a female perspective on this scandal, we turn to a woman, Leslie No. I'm about to ask you a question right now, and that question is this. The lewd photo, just how big a deal is it? Well, frankly, Pert, it's not that big a deal, if you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you mean, but it had the cadence of a joke. <laughs> when men in government behave this way, they betray the public's trust. Maybe it's time for more women to be in charge. There you have it, where it is the thing Leslie Nope just said about this situation. Pert, hap- How was that? Was that okay? Amazing. That soundbite is gold. You're going to get great feedback on this, and we think we can capitalize. You're going to announce your candidacy on Friday. Friday? In three months? No, this Friday. Is that okay? No, yeah, yes, it is. Great. Okay. We'll uh, do that then, now, soon. And um, I just have something I've been postponing for a while that I need to do, but I'll do it now. Great. Great. Yay! You know, when she says, yay, yeah. like that, there's yeah. something hidden underneath. Yeah, she may not be, uh, you know, really honest about how she feels there, Mark. So, yeah, you could probably tell through the audio, you know, it, it cut back to uh, Leslie uh, watching the interview on yeah. a TV in a room with the Politicos. Yeah, at some point, probably later that day, I guess. And yeah. right, right. And uh, so clearly Leslie did a good job on the on t- uh, yeah. TV interview, but she's clearly panicked about the uh, accelerated timeline for announcing her candidacy. Yeah. Well, they're, they're right, though. I mean, I think it was a good soundbite. It is a good opportunity. And, you know. If, if you've got a platform to launch on, it's a lot better than just saying, I want to win something. Yeah. So, yeah, they're not wrong. Nope, I agree. Well, Mark, the next scene, we're back at Ben's desk. And, you know, this scene was very special to me because I often find myself uh, crying when eating donuts. Um, oh, wait, no, never mind. I, I think I got my cause and effect switched here. Anyway, there's something about a donut and crying here in Ben's office. Oh, I do that too. Don't worry. Oh, uh, okay. So, yeah, we, we see Ben in his office and he's talking to someone on the phone and he's smiling and laughing and we don't know exactly what it is, who he is that he's talking to or why. Leslie enters his office, says she needs to talk to him, takes the phone, hangs it up before Leslie can launch into anything. Um, ben shows Leslie a special order from Doug's Donuts. It's an L-shaped eclair. Yay. You know, for Leslie, for your name. That's why I did, that's that. And Leslie smiles helplessly at him and then sighs and then starts weeping openly. Pause. <laughs> Cut to the next morning. And enters Leslie's office and asks her, hey, how, how are you? How did, how did it go? How did it go? And Leslie says, really bad. And Anne assumes it's yeah. because she broke up with Ben. But as Leslie explains, quote, well, I started crying because he gave me an eclair and then we made out and then we spent the night together. But this morning in the cold light of day, I cooked breakfast and we made out some more. 
And Ian says, <laughs> wow, you opposite have broke up with them. He gave me an eclair, Anne. <laughs> Mark, you know, that I remember the last time I was speaking of things turning out not the way you expect um, or the opposite. You know, the last time I went on a diet. Yeah. Well, you know how that turned out. Yep. Your accountability partner should be shot. He really should. <laughs> Well, Mark, from there, we move on to the city manager's office. And I, I remember when I was at university, as our friends across the pond call it, um, I'm pretty sure that once I left that they didn't keep my email active until I was in my mid 40s. But apparently, you know, not the case with every university. <laughs> I Yeah, that is weird, isn't it? Yeah. So Chris and Ben are in the office of Sewage Joe. We love um, they have determined he was the one that sent the penis email yeah. to all the female employees and Jerry. <laughs> not only does he not deny it, but he seems proud of it. Yeah. Um, ben and Chris tell him he is way fired, which he, he doesn't really seem to care about very no. much. And they also let him know that a nurse examined his photo. Yeah, I bet she did. And she believes he has the mumps. Which he doesn't seem to care about either. He's sewage. Joe is an idiot. <laughs> He's like someone's got mumps on his lungs. Good lord! And <laughs> and you know when I think you were alluding to this when Ben was telling Sewage Joe, uh, you know how they tracked him down, like yeah, yeah. like the master Sherlock Holmeses yes. that they are. They were able to do so rather easily because he sent it from his personal email address. Stinkmaster69 at <laughs> alumni.saralawrencecollege.edu. Oh, my God. Oh, well, see, I missed the alumni dot on there. So yeah. I gather one of the benefits, many outside of the small college experience that yeah. Joe talks about, <laughs> is that they provide lifelong email for you. So, well, there you go. I guess I'm so. in. Yeah. 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 Sign me up. Well, over in Ron's office, there's something about sitting in Ron's chair, Mark, uh, that causes one to, uh, you know, Give out two types of advice from what I've seen. Uh, first is, you know, do what you want. I don't care. Yeah. Uh, or second, uh, please go away and I don't care. Yeah. Um, April's at least the first, which is the nicer <laughs> version. So, yeah, we, we see we see April in Ron's office at Ron's desk. On Ron's phone. Yeah. As she's if, made herself at home. Here. As if she is Ron 2.0. Yeah. And <laughs> you, you know what? Let's just have Constantine play this clip. Let's do that. Ron isn't here. His ex-wife Tammy came and he got scared and ran away. Well, as acting manager of the parks department, I declare that everything you are saying is stupid. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> hey, so Tom uh, offered me a job again. As my manager, what do you think I should do? Well, what do you want to do? I think it'd be kind of cool to, to work for Tom. So take it. But working at a startup can be kind of risky. So don't take it. But Tom told me to follow my dreams. So take it. But this isn't my dream. So don't take it. I don't know what to do. Me neither. You give such good advice. Babe, I love you. You're welcome. <laughs> Well, Mark, you know, you and I both know that having backgrounds in IT, um, I'm thinking we could put our heads together and recommend a good spam filter for Anne and her mailbox. Oh, holy cow. And she she needs one. We see Anne walking up to Chris, her her phone chiming constantly yeah. and, and ask him if maybe did you 
tell people about the mumps diagnosis from the picture of the sewage Joe junk there? <laughs> and Chris says, well, yes, because I was very proud of you. And let him know that, hey, because on account of now, every guy in City Hall is emailing her pictures of their junk to see if they have the mumps. And uh, I think this was the, this is one of your AKAs that and shows him yeah. her phone. And Chris is horrified. Oh, my God. Your inbox is literally filled with penises. I am so sorry. Oh, and then the, they close out the scene. She goes, oh, look, Ed Miller from payroll. <laughs> <laughs> so it's everyone. Oh, God. Uh, well, in Ann's office. New email. What, what was that? Uh, never mind. Let's, let's just keep going. New email. What? <sighs> hold, hold on a second. New email. What, what is that? Alan, do you do you need to get that? No, let's just move on. It's just penises. Oh, <laughs> actually, Mark, uh, do you mind just teeing this up for us while I take care of these emails real quick? Yeah, you you go do that. Thanks. Yeah, well, we have Leslie walking into Anne's office uh, with Anne's phone continuing to chime constantly. Sound familiar? And Leslie asks Anne one last time, just a sanity check here. Is there any way that she can avoid? breaking up with Ben and Ian tells Leslie that she didn't want her to break up with Ben either, you know, but there's unfortunately just no other way. And she's just got to be direct and honest. I, I think it's good advice, you know? Yeah. Did you see here at the end of this, before we move into the next scene, hmm. she gets another chime. She looks at her phone and goes, Oh, it's the entire sanitation department from Muncie. <laughs> <laughs> no, I missed that. So the word is out. Oh, oh good. God. Poor Ann. Yeah. Well, Mark, uh, you know, in our next scene, Leslie and Ben are at what looks to be a lovely dinner establishment called Alfonso's. Yep. And I'm not sure if we've ever been here before, but I can tell you two things about Alfonso's. Mm. First, uh, they have cheap red wine. Mm -hmm. And second, they have a rear exit with an Uber stand. Well, I, you know, I was trying to think, too, if we've been here before. That name seems familiar, but I just can't place it. Me either. Our viewers are tell us. Yeah. 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 Write in and tell us. So, yeah. Later that evening, Leslie and Ben are having what looks like a romantic dinner at Alfonso's. And after ordering their wine, which Leslie can't really tell the difference. So just bring yeah. me the cheapest stuff so that, you know, she's being direct and honest, Alan. A clearly nervous and jittery Leslie tries once more to tell Ben what's going on and that they have to break up. Dot, dot, dot. But before she can. Ben tells her he thinks he knows what she's going to say, which she doubts. And he got her something and please open the box. This completely freaks her out and she does not open the box. In fact, she panics and she tells him that she's going to the Wiz Palace, which we've heard before, <laughs> and not at all going to split. Alan. No, not going to do that. And then she splits. I can't look. I can't really blame her here if you think about it. I mean, last time that there was a box involved, yeah. Ben got her an eclair. An eclair, Alan. <laughs> Who knows what's in this box? I know. Well, she says, what is this, jewelry? Is it jewelry? And Ben's like, no, just open it. So, look, I need to go to another place. You yeah. Know, the Wiz Palace. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Was the first time we heard that, was that uh, um, was that uh, Road Trip? It's definitely a time we heard it. Maybe I not the felt first. felt like Road Trip was already the second time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wiz you may Palace, be right. I think, may go back as far as early season two or maybe. You know what? It was season two when she was dating Dave, I believe. Oh. It's the first time we hear about Wiz Palace. Nice. Yeah, we'll yeah, have, to, we'll have to, right. to Constantine do a fact check on that for us. Interesting. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. 
Mark, I know we have both seen, and I suspect that many of our viewers have seen this movie as well, uh, the movie Cabin in the Woods. Oh, yeah. Well, thankfully, Mark, our next two scenes take place at a different one of those. Uh, this one owned by Ron, geolocation, none of your damn business, Swanson. <laughs> so, yeah, a, a little bit later that night, you know, we we kind of see where... Uh, where Leslie went when she split from Alfonso's. Um, and we, we, we come to what looks like a dark foreboding cabin in the woods with a keep out sign on the door. <laughs> and Leslie goes up and knocks and we hear a voice from inside say, no. And then we hear someone walking towards the door and then open the door. And we see a crow magnon man standing in front of Leslie. Uh, it's wait, it's just Ron Swanson with a full, wild, crazy, bushy beard and hair. Um, oh my he hasn't seen a barber in hours, at least. <laughs> I know for him. Let's let's go ahead and play this clip. Let's do. No. Ron, what are you doing here? Running away from my problems. Come on in. Okay, so here's what's going on. I didn't on ask. On Friday, I'm supposed to announce that I'm running for city council. And I haven't told Ben yet. I know I said that we broke up, but we couldn't. We're still dating. But now I have to break up with him for real, but I don't want to break up with him because he's so cute and he's so nice. And if you're going to stay here, there are three rules you need to follow. One, no talk about Tammy. One, two, no talk about Ben. Three, no talk. I didn't even ask <laughs> you last night. What is going on with Tammy one? You just violated rules number one and three. You lose your coffee privileges. Uh. <laughs> oh, you choose, nope. Hunting, fishing, or drinking. I really love to shoot a gun right now. Fishing it is. <laughs> fishing it is. <laughs> so it looks like it looks like uh, you know, when Leslie first starts telling him what's going on, it is the next morning at yeah. that point. They're kind of yeah. standing outside yeah. and apparently pouring coffee, which Leslie lost her coffee privileges. She really did. Um yeah. And and it seems as though, from my perspective, Alan, I think Ron and Leslie are both fully entrenched in Operation Runaway. Yeah. No, they both got their different uh, reasons for it, yeah. which differ. Right. But uh, the net result, yeah, hide in the woods. Yep. Solves all your problems. Yep. Yeah. All right. Uh, hold on, Mark. I'm, I'll be right back. I'm not going to the Wiz Palace. I, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be right back. <laughs> okay. No, never mind. I'll run away later. We got to finish the podcast first. <laughs> <laughs> you always did have your priorities. Good on you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Mark, I was almost certain before this next scene, but now I'm absolutely sure that there's definitely a fine line between being cautious and harassment. I can't agree more. Yeah. So I, I think it's that same morning that we were from the scene we were just at, but I think now they're at City Hall. Yeah, we're back in the press room, I believe. Yeah, I was going to ask you I, where this was. I thought maybe this was like the main room they use for press conferences, yeah. right? Um, and so Chris is talking to a large collection of male employees about the current um, <clears throat> penis situation. Um, and Chris basically tells them effective immediately. And Ann is also present there, by the way. Yes. Um, yeah. and, and Chris tells them effective immediately that they must stop sending Ann photos of their junk. And as an alternative and offers that she's going to get a male doctor to come in and do some screenings. Well, and I don't know that that occurs to her immediately, but, um, you know, because one of the guys in the room there, uh, Irving, or is it? Mm -hmm. OK, well, there you go. Irving says, if I may, based on empirical evidence, if I truly believe that there's a grave and immediate medical emergency, uh, if that were the case, could I then show you my dong? No. <laughs> God, that would be harassment. What is wrong with these people? 
And then he doubles down. Well, fair enough. Now, completely different scenario. Let's say I've been watching a lot of women's golf and I've had some wine. Come on, guy. This This is especially painful here in 2021. I'm not sure you can even make this episode today. You know what? I, I I think you have a point. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, Mark, Tom, the gang and uh, swag is what I call this next scene. Uh, you know, back in the bullpen, our favorite X parks employee with swagger is back with more swag. Is he ever Tom enters the bullpen again with even more swag to hand out. Um, Ron 2.0, I, I mean, April, uh, isn't too happy to see everybody's work disrupted like that. Did you catch that? I love how she's standing in the doorframe of, of Ron's office like Ron. Yeah. <clears throat> feet apart about, yeah. you know, eight to 12 inches. Yeah. Coffee cup in her hand. Yeah. She, she's like mini Ron. Oh, she absolutely I is. I mean, every scene that we've seen her being Ron, yeah. she's had that coffee cup yeah. and she's been taking very slow, slow slips. slips. I yeah. love it. Yeah. Um, and so after everyone gets some free swag items from Tom, uh, Tom sits down at the central table in the bullpen with Andy and asks him if he's thought about his earlier job offer. And Andy's quote is, yeah, I've been thinking a lot about what you said. I want to do my dreams, but I just don't think my dream is working for a company that puts logos on stuff. I also love April going, all right, everybody, enough chit chat. Please get back to work. Jerry goes, you're not our boss. And she goes, what'd you just say to me? He goes, ma'am. Ma'am. He, 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 he's got his tail between his legs. Yeah, he does. yeah, yeah. Well, we also get a good look at, uh, you know, some of the swag that, uh, that, uh, Tom has brought in. Right. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I think there was, uh, what, the seven Entertainment 720 umbrella, mm-hmm. uh, fly swatters, yep. a Rubik's Cube with Tom's face on it, <laughs> yep. uh, breath mints, yep. fireplace bellows. I know, I know. It's so good. I have actually ordered those off Amazon, by the way. I'm just waiting for them to come in. They're oh. also delayed, by the way. So oh. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. And my favorite one was the the bra top, I guess, or bikini top. Yeah. He passed over to Donna. Yeah. And on one side is... Tom's face right. on the other side is John Ralphio's face. And she goes, I could do without this one. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's, she didn't need that one. <laughs> well, you know, Alan, we here at LFP worldwide headquarters, we, we stop at nothing to bring our loyal podcast viewers, the latest and greatest Pawnee related news. Well, yeah. Um, I had our interns make a few calls, grease oh, a few palms. And, and in return, uh, we got an advanced list of Entertainment 720 items that will be coming out by Christmas oh, wow, of this nice. year, which you might want to keep in mind. Uh, yeah, so hopefully those don't get delayed. Yeah. These are including, but not limited to, pogo sticks, juicers, scented candles, <laughs> dog leashes, shoehorns, compasses, white noise machines, telescopes, spatulas, skateboards, snow globes, solar panels, clipboards, coffee grinders. And finally, in a new cooperative crossover, Ben & Jerry's ice cream flavor, Entertainment Heaven Honey. Oh, featuring nice. honey flavored ice cream. I like it. Yeah. That's very good. Wow, our interns are pretty impressive. They really are. Yeah, they yep. know how to dig that stuff up. I love it. <clears throat> well, Mark, uh, <laughs> I've titled, I have to just tell you, it made me giggle. I've titled this, lo- and I'm the only one who's going to think it's funny, but I've titled this location Ron's Cabin Number Two. Because if you remember in the lore of Ron's cabins, yeah. he has several. Oh, yeah. And he won't talk about him. No. But for whatever reason, I decided this one was not number one. This one is number two. Anyway. <laughs> you know, it's funny you should say that because I titled this scene t- as well. Yeah. And it's it's similar but a little different. <laughs> I called this Ron's Wilderness Resort. 
(laughs) (laughs) I wonder if we could get a timeshare there. I wonder. I would do it. That's great. Well, Mark, you know, I've always wondered where Leslie learned about being prepared. And now I'm pretty sure that she got her black belt around age nine during a Girl Scout campfire gone wrong. I think that you may be on to something. Yeah. So as we go back to Cabin 2 or Ron's Wilderness Resort, um, Ron and Leslie are chatting while they're splitting wood. And despite Leslie's humble protests, Ron thinks Leslie should run for for office. And not only that, but if she does run, that she'll win. And at this point, it seems like Ron's starting to question their, their next step overall. Uh, you know, Leslie is thinking more in terms of s'mores, which she has uh, apparently abundant emergency supplies in her car. But Ron has an anecdote to share. Mm. You know what? Let's have Constantine play this one. I think that's an excellent idea. Yeah. You know, when I was 12, my brother shot me in the pinky toe with a nail gun. <laughs> Granted, it was a hilarious prank and we all had a good laugh. That's awful. But I avoided going to the doctor. I hate paperwork. <laughs> After a few weeks, the toe just kind of fell off. You only have nine toes? I have the toes I have. <laughs> Let's just leave it at that. The point is, the doctor said if I had come in right away, they might have saved the toe. You can't run away from your problems. Especially if you only have nine toes. <laughs> Sorry, that was uncalled for. I'm Ron Swanson, and you're Leslie <laughs> Nope. You with me? You know what? These Leslie Ron scenes, as they're per usual, they're some of my favorite. Yeah, and and are. so as they're talking here, here my my takeaways from this clip was yeah. that um, Leslie initially doesn't yet seem ready to end Operation Runaway, but I think Ron's starting to come around. Perhaps and perhaps it's due to Leslie's visit. I don't know. Realizes you know you can't run from your problems. Maybe ready to head back. And I particularly like how Ron has now sort of included Leslie in his almost infamous lore. Like, you know, he's been known for so long as Ron effing Swanson. Yep. She is Leslie effing Nope. nope. Yeah. And I, I really that. like that. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Same here. The writing, Mark, in this show sometimes is so nuanced and just kind of subtle, subtly funny. Like, I have the toes I have. Let's uh-huh. just move on. And then the fact that, you know, he was 12 when his brother shot him in the pinky toe, right? Right. He didn't go to the hospital, Mark, because he didn't like paperwork. At 12. At 12. Right. Ugh, so good. I love the love the character development that's not always obvious <laughs> and in your face. I know. So good. Well, back at the shoeshine stand in City Hall, it turns out Andy does definitely have a dream, but it could take a, a few more years to realize, uh, you know, three to five, and he may not have time to wait. <laughs> We see April sitting at the shoe shine stand with Andy while he shines Kyle's shoes, which I guess Kyle just can't get enough of Andy's. No, yeah. (laughs) And so April is talking to Andy about what he wants to do in life. I think she's trying to act like kind of a sounding board for him. And it becomes obvious that Andy's not. Well, She's in the wrong role in this episode. Yeah. 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 That's true. She's mentoring Andy. As Ron Jr. That's a great point. Yeah. That's, I hadn't even considered that. I figured it was just because she's yeah. she's married to him and, you yeah. know. I don't think she's April at this moment. And I don't think she has been much. That's a that's a terrific insight. I hadn't even considered that. So 
it becomes obvious as April's talking to Andy that he's not really sure what he wants to do, but he's definitely wondered if maybe there's something more out there for him. And April reassures Andy by saying, A, there's lots of stuff he can do. B, she'll help him figure it out. Yep. And C, she promises him that in a year he will no longer be a shoe shinist. I love it. I, I love the the phrase shoe shinist most yes. of all. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. I love at that point too. Andy's so like taken with this great advice. Yeah. And her, her, his, her belief in him. Yeah. He's like, Kyle, get out of here. I want to make out with my wife. <laughs> and Kyle's like, but you've only done half of one of my shoes. And then that bottle of Pepto-Bismol, he was going to experiment with throwing yeah, against yeah. the wall. He just dumps it right on Blah. Kyle's shoes. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Now yeah. I haven't done anything. Scram kid calls him kid. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> He's like twice his age. <laughs> well, back in the parks department bullpen, Ron and Leslie have returned, but there's no time for pleasantries, and Ron is ready to get business at hand. That is correct, Sir Alan, of the roundtable. So the, the the gang, which again here consists of Jerry, Don, April, and Andy, they're they're surprised and kind of uh, you know enthused to see Ron return with Leslie and yeah, tow. they haven't seen him in three weeks. I know, and he enters the bullpen, and and Jerry immediately says, "Hey, Ron, welcome." Stop. <laughs> first order, and he just gets right into it. Right. Yep. It's first order of business, and and he tells everyone that a Leslie is running for office. I think he kind of inadvertently said that, but he yeah, he, he, he spilled the beans nonetheless. Bit, yeah. yeah. So a Leslie is running for office. B, um, she will need an assistant so the entire department doesn't freaking shut down while she runs for office, which yeah. not a bad point. Yeah, it's a good point. And C, they should all start asking around, looking for anyone qualified. Blah blah blah. So the gang in general is very excited for Leslie, excited to hear her news. April volunteers Andy. To be Leslie's assistant, yeah. which Leslie smiles and agrees to, as does Ron. And Andy is just blown away by this. He's very excited, promising to prove himself to Leslie. Yeah. As, as we've heard him say in the past, oh, yeah. he's very, very loyal to her. So with that out of the way, Leslie faces her problems by leaving to find Ben, while Ron faces his problems by adjourning to his office and waiting for Tammy One mm. to find him. Yeah, this is where my AKA came from earlier. And April said, you know, he says, I'll be in my office waiting for Tammy one. And April says, you want me to find her? He says, there's no need. She'll find me. She has the tracking ability and body odor of a bloodhound. <laughs> LOL and yuck. <laughs> I also love the Andy and his excitement. He's like, look, I will prove myself. You don't even have to pay me. And April's like, no, honey, no, no. Let her pay you. Yeah, yeah. Too, too far. <laughs> too far. Mark, I, I'm not even sure what to say about this next scene. Uh, I think we're in some sort of makeshift exam room. I think this is basically Anne delivering on her promise to bring in a male doctor and let her get out of the loop. Um, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what to say about this. Well, this this is a real short scene. You know, yeah, uh, our, our favorite uh, rude physician, Dr. Harris, is, is present now. And we see... I'm not sure if this is an office or a conference room or something along those lines. It's been but converted. It's, yeah. it's been temporarily yeah. converted into a makeshift examination room. And there's a light blue sign on the door that says public health examinations today. And we see Jerry leaving the room, double checking with Dr. Harris that he's perfectly healthy, you know, down there. <laughs> and Dr. Harris, you know, assures him that he is. And Jerry goes on his way. And <laughs> and then. Alan, you want to do the honors? I guess. You know, 
<laughs> Dr. Harris says, you're perfectly healthy. Jerry yeah. walks off and then to the camera, you know, breaking the fourth wall or maybe the fifth head. in this case. He says, that man has the largest penis I've ever seen. And then he thinks to himself real quickly, he says, I actually don't even know if he has the mumps. I forgot the look. I was distracted by the largest penis I've ever seen. <laughs> I, Mark, I remember this. Uh, Jim O'Hare loves this scene, as you can imagine. I remember watching one of the Paley Fest events where he he just he's playing it up on stage. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. Yep. The largest penis you've ever seen. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, over at the city manager's outer office, you know, Leslie thought she's escaped Ben and his pesky box gift, you know, the one that threatens to have them uh, make it hard to really break up. Right. Uh, but Ben is going to try one more time. So this is this is Leslie's part uh, of her unspoken agreement with Ron that they're going to face their problems. This yep. is her part. So we, we see Leslie. I think they're in Ben's office, I yeah. want to say. And they're just sitting at a table. So it's clearly just the two of them. They have a private moment here in the camera. <laughs> and so we see Leslie sitting with Ben and and uh, she starts explaining things to Ben or trying to. And how, like I know I've been acting weird and there's, you know, some stuff we need to talk about. And Ben gently cuts her off and presents her with the box again. And Leslie refuses to open it, saying, oh, you know, you're being nice. And what I'm about to say is going to make you hate me. And so why don't we play the rest of the scene? Let's do that. Leslie. You're being really nice. And what I'm about to say is going to make you hate me. Okay. Then I'll just open the box for you. Wow. You knew? I figured it out a while ago. I'm sorry. I should have told you I knew, but I just, I wanted this to last as long as possible. We have to break up. Why? Why do we have to break up? Well... Leslie, everything you've accomplished, you have earned and you have worked for. I don't want anyone to think that you got where you are today by sleeping with your boss. But I really like sleeping with my boss. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, look, I'm going to make this really easy for you. Um, it's not you, it's me. <laughs> I'm not ready for a commitment. I just don't like you anymore. I mean, no, it's hard to hear that, but you're boring and frankly, you disgust me. <laughs> Ugh. <laughs> How did you figure it out? Leslie, there was a dude in the ladies' yacht club. <laughs> yeah, but I covered that pretty well. Also, you've been making campaign speeches in your sleep. Granted, you always do that, but they got really specific and moving. Did I have a good opening line? It was simple, but I liked it. Friends, honored guests, Pawnians, I am Leslie Nope, and I am running for city council. I love that, Mark. So many levels. So there you have it. She's, yeah. she's officially announced it's official. that she's running. And in the box, we should start with that, was a button yeah. that said, nope, 2012. Yep. Yeah. I, I really thought that this was a smart move uh, on the part of the the writers. I mean, not, not only was this really well written and very moving, but I, I feel like this was smart. I mean, because they even avoid Leslie having to take the brunt of having to do the breakup. Like they, yeah. it's yes. She's, I guess making a choice like yeah. she, if you want to look at it that way, yeah. but Ben 
not only is not offended by it, Ben supports that yeah. choice and is like one step ahead of her. I was like, yeah. no, I support you. You need yeah. to do this. I'm going to make this easy for you. I thought well, that was a real classy move. I really liked it. I mean, it starts with the line where he says, hey, we have to break up. And she's like, why? Why do we have to break up? And we know she knows the answer. But I think it's going to be really helpful for her to let him say it. Yeah. To ver- to validate it. And like you said, he's making it easier for her. Yeah. So now it's a, a terrific Bensley moment. It's a sad one for sure. Um, that they're going to have to follow through on this. And at the risk of sounding sappy, though, what what better indication that she and Ben belong together yeah, than, than him supporting her like that? That's yep. awesome. Yep. Totally, totally agree. I also love, too, that, you know, just again, even the small comedy and such a touching scene, like, you know, you know, you're making campaign speeches in your sleep. Mm-hmm. Now, you always do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But recently, they've gotten really specific and moving, <laughs> which then leads into the really touching moment. So, right. And and then just very briefly, you know, the, the very tail end of that, I, I, I didn't know, like, time wise, if we were on a Thursday and it probably doesn't matter. But essentially, the last, you know, what, 15 seconds of that clip was. It was an outside shot of yeah. Leslie on, uh, I don't know if she was on a stage or not, but she was behind a podium. She was at yeah. a microphone in front of an assembled crowd with Andy and April by her side. The rest of the yeah. gang are in attendance to support her. Yep. And then she says, friends, honor guests, party ends. I'm Leslie Nope. I'm running for city council. And they all applaud. And and you see Leslie and Ben like share a little bittersweet smile. It's like, yeah, th- this is the right move, even as painful yeah. as it is. I, I think it's it's definitely a new day. They're in some sort one of the parks, obviously. It's right. a, pr- a pretty park. They right. didn't choose one of the bad ones. <laughs> there are no raccoons. <laughs> right. And uh, it's it's a nice little setup for Leslie to launch her candidacy. Yeah. And she keeps it simple and short. And um, I think that's about right for Pawnee's attention span. I completely agree. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Well, Mark, we're finally at the moment we've been waiting for. I'm not sure I can do this justice except to tell you the title of the scene that I gave. Mm-hmm. Um, I called this scene Ron. Tammy won the IRS audit and good posture. (laughs) I think that's a pretty good encapsulation. So, yeah, we see Ron sitting in his office as we knew he would be waiting. And we hear footsteps and we finally see the back of a woman slowly walking into Ron's office. And Ron looks up and he, as well as the audience, finally see Tammy won. And she's a redhead and she looks somewhat older than Ron, still very attractive. And she has a very powerful, no nonsense presence. Let's go ahead and play this one last clip. Yeah. I'm not sure we can do this justice for ourselves. Yeah. Let's do that. Hello, Tammy. Ronald. That's enough small talk. What do you want? You remember what I do for a living. I trust. Yes. You ruin people's lives. You're being audited, Ronald. I don't care. And why is your mustache trembling? I'm here as a friend. Call it nostalgia. Or perhaps guilt for all the times I tried to smother you in your sleep. I don't need your help. Wrong. You do. But as you're so fond of saying, it's a free country. Good luck. I hope you don't go to jail. Sit up straight. You're not doing your breasts any favors. <laughs> Thank you. Hi. Your breasts look amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Fade uh, to black. That's so good. 
Well, Mark, you know, uh, I, I, well, first of all, we should say Tammy won, played by the amazing Patricia Clarkson. Oh, yes. I'm not sure they could have cast that any better. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. For for someone to you, tremble in your boots fear by Tammy too. You pointed this out, you know, at the last episode. You had to have somebody who could convey and command the scene and own the room. Oh, which she absolutely does. Yeah, absolutely. If, if there was someone who is going to make Ron's mustache tremble, yeah. <laughs> it would it would be this woman. It may be the really thick IRS audit envelope, but not not without her presence as well. Right. Yeah. Right. Awesome. Great ender. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Mark, I think that's a great uh, well, Mark, I think that's a great breakdown of the episode. Thank you, as always. Um, I hope our, our viewers enjoyed that. Um, let's take a real quick break. We'll come back. We'll do our tropes first, fun facts and all that silliness. We'll give a score and we'll go home. All right, let's do it. All right. We'll be right back, everybody. Hello, this is Ron Swanson. Recently, I took an extended hiatus from the office. When I returned, I found that my assistant, April, had forwarded everything to me to ensure I did not miss out on anything important. She thought this was hilarious, of course. And payback is coming, trust me on this. Anyway, it became clear to me as I started to go through my email that my inbox was clogged with horrific photos that I will not even discuss here. Wanting to find a way to curb this particular enthusiasm, I reached out to Pawnee Computer Pros, or PCP for short. What are you laughing at? That was a solid take. Once I began to use PCP, my troubles began to fade away. All the photos within my e-mail dissolved away into nothing before my eyes. With results like this, I can see how using PCP may be habit-forming. Alright, what? Long story short, I was able to solve my initial issue and many others through regular usage of PCP. That's Pawnee Computer Pros, located at 420 Angel Lane. Tell them Ron sent you and receive a free can of Dust Away Computer Spray. What, are you in need of some PCP as well? (laughs) No, Ron, I'm fine. Thank you. That is all. All right, everybody, we're back. Well, Mark, as, as our viewers will recall, we will normally go through our deleted scenes real quickly. We'll talk some tropes first, fun facts, and then we'll get into our scores. Sound yep. good? Sounds good. All right. I mean, we've been doing it that way now for four years. Yeah. Well, yeah, a little over a year, but four seasons. I see no reason to change it. No, nah, if it ain't broke, don't fix yeah, it. Yeah, there you go. Well, Mark, we had, uh, unlike the last episode, which had zero deleted scenes, if you recall. That's right. Uh, we actually had seven here. And they ran about five minutes and 52 seconds. So hmm. that's that's a pretty long set of deleted scenes. And, uh, you know, this was a standard length episode. So yep. any one of these could have been put in, but it would have made the episode too long to air. Right, so right. Thus deleted scenes. You know, we had, uh, you know, I, I just titled a few, you know, Leslie, Ann and Eight Shots of Espresso. <laughs> um, you know, there's some skeet shooting with uh, target shooting with phones. Uh, Sewage Joe is... Uh, now suing Joe. Mm, I love that. He I comes back that. threatening to sue the parks department. But there was one in particular I thought kind of stood out. And it's about it's another example of uh, preparedness on Leslie's be- part. And I, I thought we'd play it for the viewers. Yeah. What's our plan here? Nope. I figure we build a fire, roast the fish we shot, 
and uh, make s'mores. I don't have the material for s'mores. I do. I always carry emergency s'more rations in my car. <laughs> Other things I keep in my car? Rope, blankets, batteries, walkie-talkie, evening gown, mm. golf balls, iodine, leotard, George Foreman grill, Montel Williams juicer, <laughs> knee socks, scotch tape, and Hawaiian lays. Basically everything you need for an emergency. <laughs> <laughs> That's a pretty good list. That is, you know, Alan, I found out from my sources that uh, approximately 62 to 64 percent of the items that she listed there yeah. are actually coming branded from Entertainment 720 by Valentine's Day next year. Oh, very nice. Yep. So in addition to the Christmas drop. Yep. Yeah. We got something else to expect. Well, I'm going to get me some Entertainment 720 iodine. Yeah. Well, duh. Me too. Yeah. yeah. Put it in my uh, first aid kit. I love it. Well, Mark, should we move into our tropes first and fun facts? Yeah. Yeah. I actually had... I had quite a few firsts and tropes. I had no goofs and a couple of fun facts. Okay. Um, so for first, uh, I had, well, this is probably not a good way to look at it, but I had sewage Joe not employed by sewage department. I mean, I guess. Uh, fair enough. It's it, true. It, it, it's an event that happened. It I is an event like that happens. Yes. <laughs> um, Leslie officially announcing her candidacy for city council. Yep. Uh, as an extension of that, I guess, Andy becoming Leslie's assistant. Yeah. Um, we finally formal, formally meet and hear the voice of Tammy one by the great Patricia Clarkson. The reason I say it by, but like that is technically, I guess, for the season three finale, depending on how much of a stickler you want to be, you see an elbow or, or cloven hoof or what, whatever it was yeah. through the window. But yeah. it's not this is really, really no, the first they could have hired anybody at that point to play her. They wouldn't have done that. No. So on a related note, we finally hear someone, and I believe Tammy One is the only one to ever do this. We finally hear someone refer to Ron mm. as Ronald. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. That just seems fitting, doesn't it? Yet another way in which she owned him in that scene. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And she sets herself apart from everyone else. Yeah. Great point. And in the kicker, we finally learn Ron's full name which is on the IRS audit yes. thing. Ronald Ulysses Swanson. Yeah. Love it. So good. How about you? Uh, I had most of those. You had a couple I did not, including the the Ulysses. I'd mm -hmm. forgotten that that's how we get that reveal. It's said later, but this is the first time we're ever let in on the secret. Ron's cabin. So I believe it's the oh, first time we actually nice. see one of the famed Ron Cabins. And uh, yeah, so but uh, that's a good that's a long list of firsts. Yeah, it is. Yeah. 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 On, on the trope side, I had a few. How about you? Yeah, I had uh, I had six total. OK, so one is um, I got four. So you you started a bunch of these, which I really like. Yeah. One is Tom the Mogul, yeah. which I guess is got, kind of going to be a, a continuing thing through season four for a while, for at a least while, while he's, yeah. you know. I he's in mogul mode. Good. He's in. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. He's in, you know, visiting with swag yeah. from Entertainment 20. Yeah. Um, PBJ, lots. Yes. <laughs> what yes. did you say to me? Ma'am. Ma'am. <laughs> Uh, well, and it starts off in the cold open with yeah, Ron, Ron just barrels him. Yeah. into him and bam, um, punching bag Kyle, yeah. pouring the Pepto all over his Love shoes to yeah. say, get lost, kid, scram. Yeah. Um, I had I had superhuman Leslie probably for a variety of reasons, but oddly, what stood out to me is when Andy becomes her assistant, she tells him 
<laughs> with a smile on her face, yeah. she says, well, uh, Andy, I, I, you can expect a 300-page orientation booklet tomorrow. Yeah. Plus a dozen homemade cookies in the shape of your face. You know, look, I'm not impressed, Mark, because I know she's already written the book, so she's not going <laughs> to do that tonight. But she is going to make a whole dozen cookies in the shape of Andy's face. I guess that's true. And yet, has she ever had an assistant? She's been preparing for this moment her whole life. Well, Mark. oh hell, that's probably true. All right, you know what? You know what? That's a great point. I'll look, it's still a good trope. I, I had the same one. I just called it overprepared, Leslie. All right, with like nine asterisks behind it because yeah, it's all over this episode. That's, yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, I had a April versus Jerry. Oh, I missed that one, but you're Cause, right. Cause, I mean, and just yeah, yeah. To, to reflect, it's it's like Jerry's the I mean, punching bag, she, but it she's particularly in the persona of Ron too. But it, but it particularly <laughs> seems like April has. I don't know if an axe to grind is exactly the right way to put it, but she takes a special glee in poking at Jerry. She really you does. Know. Yeah. You're not our boss. What did you say to me? Ma'am. Yeah. And then the last one I had is one that you started a long time ago that I've always liked. Uh, Leslie and compliments, which mm. we haven't seen a ton of, no. but I, 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 my suspicion is they're going to start doing that. I honestly can't remember, but I think they're going to start doing it in season four more where Anne says, can't you guys just sneak around? And Leslie says, oh, Anne, you beautiful, naive, sophisticated, newborn baby. And Anne's like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> um, so anyway, how about you? What tropes did I miss? I, I had two addition in addition to those. I had slimy Joe is what I'm calling him. I, I don't know. Oh, that's good. Cause, yeah. Cause he's always a little slimy, creepy, but he's especially good at in this episode based on the subject matter. Yeah. He's spinal tapping. He really 11. He hit yep. 11 here. And uh, so I thought it was worth mentioning as a trope. And the other one I had was, uh, and I, I think I had this once before, but it could be a first, but it's definitely a trope. Leslie and Ron versus the world. And this happens in the se- well because it happens in the sequence where they're they're both in hiding, yeah, and they're deciding to come back and own their problems, yeah. right? It's got this feel to it of Leslie and Ron versus the world, and there are these moments where they kind of the, the Wonder Twins pair up, mm-hmm. right, in the form of a bucket of water or whatever, or a bucket and a of libertarian. acid, yeah, <laughs> a libertarian <laughs> and a liberal, yeah, a libertarian, yeah. Anyway, and. uh they're gonna they're gonna take charge of the situation, and it's just got a feel to it. So I, I felt it once before, but I feel like if, worst case, this is the first for that. I think see, I've never considered that. I think you're right, and I think that you're also right that we've had this this vibe from them before, but I can't. I don't. Place I can't place it. the episode. Our viewers will tell us. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Let's yeah, encourage yeah, yeah. them to hit us up on the socials or on our email or our website or leave us a voicemail. Or I think we got 14 different ways they can contact us. Yup. Yeah. Uh, and then apparently one of them found my Google address and uh, called me on my Google thing. Oh, good. That's fun. Yeah. So there you go. <laughs> well, Mark, how about you said you had some goofs. I did not have any goofs. I actually didn't have any oh, goofs. You had fun facts. I had, I had two fun facts and I... I didn't know if this was the right category for them, yeah, but well, yeah. I, I almost thought of them as Easter eggs. But mm. so I don't know if this is more of a common knowledge thing. I did not know either of these two things prior to rewatching this episode for the podcast. Okay. So for those of you who have access to this episode, either via Peacock or the series DVD collection, which we highly recommend as always. So I have two freeze frame moments. So the first one is in the cold open. If you go to one minute and 23 seconds, 
where Ron has pulled the backpack out of the vent and is now in, on the floor putting it on his back. And you can see for just like half a second or a second or so the back of the bag he's putting on his back and it's labeled Tammy one. Is it really? It is. And oh, and, and so first that. of all, I love that full stop. Oh yeah. Second of all, does this imply maybe <laughs> that he has other bags stashed throughout the damn building for other specific emergency situations. Um, this is just this, this is like uh, the, the, the the legend of Ron is just growing it's and I, I can't get enough of it. I love it. So that's one of the freeze frame moments. Yeah. The second is if you go to four minutes and 56 seconds, this is where Tom is talking to Andy at the shoe shine stand. And he's trying to get him to join. He's giving him a job offer for Entertainment 720. And you can see that as Tom's sitting there and kind of listening to Tom, he's polishing Tom's shoes. But if you freeze it, four minutes and 56 seconds, there may be others. That's where I saw yeah. it. You can see Tom's shoes are this like weird leopard skin fabric material. They can't really be shined. So they can be buffed. I guess <laughs> that's possible. Anyway, I just thought that that was interesting, you know. I've often wondered what's wrong with Kyle's shoes that they need to be polished so much. What is he doing? I they don't get know. scuffed up. Well, today he got Pepto Bismol on them, so there's that. Yeah, that yeah. could be. But you're right. Uh, Tom Tommy's uh, loafers there may not be the best polishing uh, shoes ever. <laughs> I totally agree. Yeah. Anyway, that's all I had. Do you have any? No, I got nothing. <laughs> all right. All right. I think that's a pretty good list of things we've covered there, and maybe we should just move right into scoring. I, I think that's a great call. All right. Well, Alan, as you recall, uh, for the past maybe couple of episodes or so, you and I have been uh, both submitting choices for for MVP. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you know, you had said something like, you know, well, one of us is just a, you know, a Ron fanboy and maybe always just a little bit biased and stuff, which is just completely ridiculous. I mean, it's, that's the place you start from. Sure. It's just it's a ridiculous uh, allegation. I, I refute it. My MVP for this episode is Nick Offerman is Ron Swanson. Um, so, so first and foremost, no, it's seriously, the Ron physical comedy in this episode is just supreme. I love yeah. it, love it, love it. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we all wondered how Ron would handle the cliffhanger of Tammy yeah. One's presence from from the season sure. three uh, finale. Uh, who knew it would be for him to freaking grab an emergency vent backpack? Uh. Uh, and take off, you know, he took off. Bag. He took off down the hallway like he heard Charles Mulligan's open back up. <laughs> That's so funny. And how how is it not fun to see him run? It, it is terrific to watch him run and then to, to crash into Jerry at the end because it's probably avoidable. But, you know, why? Why? Yeah. yeah. Just complete that. Complete the cycle. <laughs> I also love this is maybe is too much of a nerd moment for me, but I love, love, love the step that he improvised to get into the, the, the vent. Oh, that's terrific. The, the part Jason Bourne, part MacGyver. All Swanson. <laughs> it is so good. I, I want to talk to Dan Gore about that idea personally. That's was it good. his? Was it in the room? Was it a That'll card a they had question. on the wall? Oh, yeah, like, yeah. I want to know about the Tammy One labeled go bag. I mean, yeah, if we ever get a chance to talk to Dan, we'll have to remember to ask him some of those things. So just a couple of the Ron comments. When we see Ron at the cabin, I diluted this. His facial hair is freaking out of control and ridiculous yeah. and awesome. If, from having his hair nearly burned away to Mark, a full- Mark, it reminded me of a lion's mane. <laughs> Because <laughs> it starts with his hair, goes down to his beard, and it's like almost a big giant circle of hair around his head. Oh, my God. Yeah. So funny. So funny. Um, 
I absolutely adore Ron's simple yet powerful declaration. I'm Ron Swanson and you're Leslie effing nope. That's I love that. It shows yeah. how how far these two have come. And like I said, it kind of adds Leslie to the to the the legend almost, if you will. But I think that deservedly so. I think so. Um, and also. I really hope that Ron didn't eat the fish they shot, because as we know, Alan, <laughs> per the Swanson Pyramid of Greatness, fishing is for sport only. <laughs> so uh, heaven forbid he go against that. It's practically a vegetable. It's practically a vegetable. Um, so a few additional notes. I, I know I already said this, but I thought it was a really great move. Having Ben know what was happening all along and fully mm-hmm. support her. Mm-hmm. I love the Nope 2012 button and be the one to gently, bittersweetly break up with her. To me, there's no better indicator that these two belong together. I am glad that they didn't fall to one of perhaps a lesser uh, a sitcom choice of having Ben uh Propose to her mm. like under the logic maybe that like oh now we're married, married and yes. now the, the the logic doesn't apply this is much much better so i love the writing on the show yeah. um i have a soft spot in my heart for any time andy the lovable dimwit that he is displays his considerable loyalty to leslie it just makes mm. me happy mm-hmm. i like to see that mm-hmm. um andy the loyal dog dwyer <laughs> yep yep what do you want me to do leslie right <laughs> um I know we already said this, but I love Chris telling the gang, if I could go back in time and cut out your eyeballs, I would. And April's genuine reaction. Wow, that is so sweet. (laughs) (laughs) Only she she would think that. Yes. And this has perhaps my two favorite Perd Happily lines ever. The first being, I don't know what you mean, but it had the cadence of a joke when he clearly doesn't get what Leslie's saying. And then the second is where he says, uh, there you have it, where it is the thing Leslie Nope just said about this situation. (laughs) Um, I really liked how April assumes assumed Ron's authority in his absence. Like I, I was almost borderline fascinated by that. Like she almost by Ron, you know, if the infinity gauntlet has taught us anything, (laughs) it's, it it is he or she who wields the infinity gauntlet that wields the power. Right. Yeah. So Ron's office in this sense, I feel like is, is Pawnee's infinity gauntlet Mm. where April just went, I'm just going to go in here. And yeah. all of a sudden he's shabang. You know, it's like she, the nexus of power. I think maybe it is. Yeah. And then like all along. Yeah. We saw a little bit of, 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 uh, you know, not fight, but a little bit of hesitance from Jerry. Maybe. Yeah. I don't think anyone else just questioned it. They're just like, all right, yeah. now, now we're doing this. Yeah. Um, well, it reminded me of when April even got to be like assistant for everyone. Remember that? Cause Chris decided oh, yeah, to mix things yeah. up and, and, you know, Jerry instantly, uh, reacted negatively to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think it, this this com- this little conflict between them runs both ways. I think you're right. Yeah. I think you're right. Um, how can you not like Leslie's homemade Geraldine Ferraro popsicle stick action figure? That is brilliant. It's pretty good. <laughs> um, so, all right. Now on to the Mark scoring rubric. I'm going to give this. I'm going to give this a four base score. Mm-hmm. It was pretty good. I felt like the stories were, were, were good, but as I've said for a few episodes previously, I, I feel like this one rested its laurels on the, the stories were, were very plot relevant and good, but I feel like it really rests its laurels on the individual moment. So that's why I'm, I'm doing this just to make, well said, give a little bit more spotlight on yeah, some other things. Just stole my <laughs> shtick, but go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. So th- the other thing I was going to say here then is in addition to the four base score, I want to give a half point 
times three to each of what I considered to be the three powerhouses in this episode. Uh, Amy Poehler's Leslie Nope, Nick Offerman as Ron Swanson, Adam Scott as, as Ben Wyatt. It, it was actually honestly it was actually tough for me to decide to give this to ron there are so many physical comedy moments yes i ended up giving it to him but oh my gosh leslie and ben were so good in this episode i almost gave it to ben just for the classy move the way he he decided to help leslie um so anyway so that's another 1.5 i'm gonna give a half point for a good use of the comedic bench and i almost get tired of saying that but i gotta give it here they really did a good job including with guest stars, which I'm going to give another half point for uh, just to name a couple. Uh, Jay Jackson is Perd Happily. Kirk Fox is Sewage Joe. Uh, Patricia Clarkson is Tammy one. And yeah. I know that there are ones I'm missing here. Um, I'm going to give half a point for, <laughs> for, for Anne having to deal with an endless barrage of penises. Cause that's just funny. Um, I'm going to give a half point for the Leslie Ron moments at the cabin that were both funny and touching. I really, really like those. I'm going to give a half point for the bittersweet, amicable breakup between Leslie and Ben, proving how much Ben really supports her. And and damn it, how much they belong together. Um, I'm okay. I'm going to give half a point to Leslie formerly formally announcing her candidacy for city council. And I'm going to give one more half point for just what I call the Swanson physical comedy gold in the mm. in the cold open alone from dragging Leslie down the hall, MacGyvering his freaking way into the vent to get his bug out bag, seeing his Swanson run down the hallway, colliding with Jerry. It's all just classic stuff. So you you add all that. There, there are points there together there. And you come up with a total of, of nine little Sebastians, Alan. Um like like the season three premiere, Go Big or Go Home, I thought this did a great job of providing us with both the laughs and the sweet moments while still managing to power through uh, the necessary plot points that you need to get through to set us up for the rest of the season. I thought they did all this pretty darn well in this episode. Um, I knew as I watched it and rewatched it, I wasn't going to give it the same score as some of the real you know powerhouse episodes. Sure, like sure. It's, it's not a flu season or a harvest festival, but... It was a good episode. I really enjoyed it. And I stand by my score of Nine Little Sebastian. So what you got, man? All right. Well, that's pretty good. Um, <clears throat> here's where you went wrong. Oh, dear. Okay. Well, first of all, let me, let's me let talk MVP because I think now is my opportunity to say what my MVP is, right? Yes. Or who my MVP is. Yes. Or maybe what? You never know. It could be a what. I don't know what you're going to do. Yeah, you don't you, know. You're a wild card. I'm crazy. You're a loose here. cannon. Yeah. Mercurial. Uh, so Ben got my co- my 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 MVP. But then That's I thought choice. Ron did a pretty good job too. That's a good choice. Um, so I gave them co-MVP. All right. I figured that was the easy way out. Um, yes, the the Ron Swanson moments in this are swantastic. Yes. Uh, Ron-tastic, <laughs> however you want. Actually, you say Ron-tastic, I say swantastic. Uh, Let's just call the whole thing off. I agree. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, but, but Ben got my vote for co-MVP. I think you, you kind of nailed why. I mean, he knew all along, like yeah. he knew her that well. Yeah. And the way he handles it, the way he lets her, lets her out of it at the end and makes it, you know, takes it upon himself. And we've already talked about it. So um, to me, I kind of went for the heart. Um, although the Ron stuff too, I think is right up there and it's really, you know, his support of Leslie and, you know, that Ron and Leslie versus the world thing I just love. So right. um, co-MVPs. Um <clears throat> One of my favorite things in this episode outside of the, and again, I think it's a good bench play. Like you said, my, 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 my nitpick might be that the Tom stuff was a little weak. Um, 
I think fairly so. Like it was all seemed to be about swag and I get that it's early in entertainment 720 and he doesn't really understand what they're going to do or why they're doing it yet, I, which I, is funny. But I think if they, I, I wish they'd written to that instead of just the, having a big giant list of stuff. You know what? That That's a good point. I, I think I kind of just wrote off the Tom stuff as being like momentarily funny and really just an avenue to kind of introduce how Andy wasn't sure what he wanted. to Yes, do. but and I, I'd be with you, but I noticed one of the scenes was 94, 93 seconds. It's mm. a lot of screen time when you're talking 21 minutes to give to something that's kind of meh. Eh, yeah, yeah, exactly. So so for me, that that played into my score. I'll just be honest about it. Um, I loved basically the cold open. I mean, you think we, it's not the funniest cold open overall. It's definitely, I think if we were to rank cold opens, which I think we should do, by the way, put put a pen in that. Um, I'd call it the most shocking because like I, I like the first time I saw it and you can never get back to that fully. But even this enough time had gone by when I watched it and be like, oh, my God, what's happening? <laughs> like, and then he jams the thing into the wall and he steps on like, oh, my God, he's who play- are you? What is he? Do- is James Bond? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. With with singed facial hair. And uh, so, no, it's it, it is one of my favorite overall cold opens, though, because of those those same things. You know, I in the uh, oh, and last thing I would say then that maybe you didn't hut on as much that I'll just double down on. April is Ron too. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's so good. Yeah, the body. Like, it's almost like she's been studying him this whole time, and if you think about it, she kind of has. And now it's her opportunity to be Ron. And <laughs> other than not looking at all like him, she looked like him. Yeah, yeah, it was terrific and acted like him. I said in the last episode. When we got to the 10 mm-hmm. and the producer's cut, yep. that I felt like I struggled because I think it, w- it w- you know, joked about quarter points and they might have been helpful here too, to be right. honest with you. I felt like in that case, the whole was greater than the sum of its parts. I said something like that. Like it just rounded up for me. Here it rounded down. Mm. I, th- I think the parts in some cases were definitely better than the whole. Uh, the examples you kind of gave, you know, the Ron Leslie moments, the Ron, the Leslie Ben moments, uh, you know, the April shtick. I mean, all these pieces are really funny. And when they on they stand alone, they're they're fabulous. I think, again, you've got this really weak play with Tom and his storylines, you know, three or four minutes worth of screen time total. Two and a half, almost three minutes worth of screen time total. Yeah. And and. You, you factor that in and it's another one of those where we get spread pretty thin because there's quite a bit of penis stick here. Mm-hmm. No, no pun intended. Or yeah. Pun yeah. intended. Uh, a lot of time spent on that. Um, a lot of Kirk Fox, who is terrific. Um, a lot of Patricia. Well, not a lot of Patricia Clarkson, but, you know, that's a good solid scene with her. So I think by the time you get in your great guest star appearances and you've got a week Tom storyline and all the parts are good, but they just don't add up to, in my mind, a 10 for sure. It Um, seems like they didn't didn't gel together into one cohesive whole. Maybe that's it. Like Mm -hmm. all the ingredients are strong and it's got disparate, interesting aftertaste to it. Um, (laughs) Okay, look, you you brought up the cooking metaphor. I went with it. All right. I like it. Uh, Sue me Uh, like suing Joe. (laughs) Mark, my score, my final score was eight and a half full Sebastians. Yeah. I, and I could I could see your nine. Like, I, I appreciated your explanation of it. But for me, and, and again, one last thing, I've talked a little bit about there's the technical merits of the show, which yeah. I think 
easily get to a nine. There's the how I was left feeling about the show. Yeah. I think that's where I come in with my eight and a half this week. See, and I actually I actually like that you approach it like that. Um, and I, I know that you had kind of given yourself maybe a little bit too hard of a time before when you had said, like, I forget what show it was, but you had ended up going with your technical uh, analysis of it rather than how you came across. Yeah. And, and the more I thought about it, Alan, seriously, I, I actually like that you did that then. And I like that you're kind of discussing it from both of those perspectives now yeah. because i think that they're both both valid they are you know i mean you got to remember we're watching these shows three and four times and micro dissecting and all kinds of stuff because yeah. you know we're, we're, we're pros mark uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're professionals but but at the end of the day most people don't do that they watch the show and they feel how they feel and then they move on yeah so to me i think that score has merit because of that very fact all right all right. I, so I, we're not I, far off once again. No, I don't think we are. And, and I think that I, I had made a comment about how there was a uh, kind of a, a, a similar feel in some ways to the season three uh, uh, premiere mm, to, to yes. this one. I, I thought that they both did some things similarly well. Uh, I, I I think we scored that one in eight five. So yeah. this, this one being around an eight five nine, that doesn't surprise me either. Yeah. Makes sense. Absolutely. Well, and I think just to wrap up, it's it's important to say that we're, you know, we went out on a high note, right? A 10.0. You don't get any higher than that. Yeah. And and we've talked about these peaks and valleys before. There's almost always a small valley after a giant peak. And that just makes sense. It's hard to sustain the giant yeah. peak. Yeah. Um, it's a hard act to follow. It really is. Yeah. And right after the Harvest Festival, we had a little slight dip and we came right back up. Right. Same thing here with the season finale of season three. I feel like this is a minor dip. And again, we've said it before, eight and a half is not a bad score. Oh, no. I mean, shoot, uh, there are shows out there. I won't name any of them, but shows like two and a half men. I mean, they would kill to get an eight and a half. You know, the fans, Alan, they call it five divided by two men. <clears throat> you know why? Because they're improper. Oh, my. <laughs> huh? Wow. We're going to go out on math humor today. Thank you, everyone. Good night. Oh, my God. All right. Well, I really have nothing left to say now, <laughs> except we will be back next week. We'll be back with episode two of season four. Yep. Ron and Tammy's plural plural. Yup. Yeah. So what's that all about? I, I don't know if the universe can contain all the Tamminess. I don't know what's going to happen here. We'll have to see. Yup. All right. Well, we appreciate everybody listening. We look forward to seeing you next week and we'll talk to you then. All right. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone. Live from Pawnee is a copyrighted production of the creators. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved. Original music was created and performed by Aaron Emerson of Emerson Studios. Clips are used under fair use doctrine for the purpose of commentary and parody. Please see our website at livefrompawnee.com for more details or to contact us. Music